Welcome to The Seed on the Air, a podcast of The Seed Church in Wichita, Kansas. This is your host and pastor of The Seed Church, Ryan McCoskey, and I am thrilled to have the guests that we have today, Jared and Sarah Evans. Hello. Jared and Sarah, you're already trying not to laugh because we're having so much fun right now. Well, she just hit the microphone in <laughs> her face because she was headbanging to the music. It'll be I really good to see though. when we listen to it if we can hear just a dunk, you know, of just a, of, of a head hitting a microphone. I really hope so. During the music. Oh, man. So, guys, how are you today? I'm doing good. Waking up. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are you guys are kind of enjoying some vacation time, right? A little bit of time away from the grind this week. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Sort of an unexpected staycation. Yes. Well, that's nice. Yeah. How long has it been? Like a whole week together? It will be. Yep. T- tomorrow it'll be a full week. Yep. Wow. Well, that's great. I'm glad you guys have uh, taken some time to come hang out with me and do the podcast here on your vacation. Do you use some of your time for that? Thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, we like you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you like me. That's great. <laughs> And I am really excited about the fact that we have both of you on, you know, we talked about like getting you both in the podcast. So thank you guys for coming on together because it's, it's really cool to have a couple here together and not just any married couple, but some folks who have been with us from very early on and have been really incredible leaders for the church. So guys, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Ryan. And you're welcome, Sarah, (laughs) Sarah, the baker. All right, guys. So uh, format for the podcast, just to kind of remind folks out there listening, we try to do it about 20 minutes, you know, just so folks can do it on their on their uh, commute, not take too much time. And so first half of it, we'll just talk about the church and leading in the church and what that looks like. And then second half, we'll switch over to you and talk about you guys personally, just so the church can connect with you more fully and, you know, minister to folks and, and hang out and do that. So let's talk about the church right now. Um, you know, the season... I feel like that we're in right now as a church is just a lot of leadership development is going mm-hmm. on in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a, I think there's a maturing process happening in our church right now of just more people owning the ministry of the seed. Yeah, for sure. You know, and Absolutely. so let's talk about that, uh, that whole idea of owning the ministry. Um, have you guys experienced some of that in this season of us now being in this new building and some of the staff changes that we've been experiencing? Are you feeling like a stronger sense of ownership in the ministry? And talk about that personally and just what you've observed with other folks you've, uh, that you minister with. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing, biggest change for me, um, obviously with Sean leaving was realizing like I've worked side by side with him, helping with the worship ministry basically since the seed started. Um, and as soon as he left, it took a, took a, a beat or two to realize like, Oh wow. We, I mean, we still have a worship ministry, but it's going to look different. And, uh, I've been really encouraged. Uh, I've told Sarah, I've had lots of conversations with people about how much I like the, um, the switch to very strong collaboration, um, getting to meet early in the week, um, with, with you and other leaders and talk about, um, how we want to minister to our people on Sunday, how we want to order the service, what, 
impact we want to make and have a very strong, cohesive sort of central vision um, for a service, um, understanding the sort of emotional contour of, you know, what the, what the word is saying and how we want to respond properly with worship and, and lining that up. And I mean, um, even just the, the impact that that's had on the order of service has been really meaningful to me seeing we, I mean, we just have so many more voices on stage, um, different, uh, so many more leaders, uh, leading music and, um, having deacons and elders and, and, and people doing call to worship and, um, praying and sharing and, and everything has been really meaningful. Yeah. I've loved it too, man. The collaboration has been significant. And mm-hmm. Sarah, you were a big part of that recently for Christmas Eve, right? You helped to set all that and collaborate for that. Yes. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> I did. Have you seen a lot of the same things Jared was talking about? Would you kind of yes and amen those? Anything else you'd add to that? Just what culture yeah. feels like at the church right now? Yeah. Um, I think for us as a couple, um, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what thinking, we are. <laughs> thinking back to that Sunday that Sean said that he was leaving, um, we both had this sense of like, we've been coasting for too long and we hadn't really been praying about how Mm. does God want to use us and um, how is he equipping us right now to be used in the church and what are our giftings and how can we step out in those? And um, we both kind of had that sense of like, man, I wish we had already been in that space so that when there was that um, void or just like need to step in, we could have been more ready, I guess, but here we are anyways. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just praying about it now. I mean, I remember I had sort of a um, crisis, <laughs> as I'm sure like most people did at first. Um, but we actually flew off to Canada right after he made that announcement that week. Um, so I was gone for the next two Sundays and feeling such a immediate um, sense of ownership of the worship ministry, but then also a void of leadership. Um, for me, it was really healthy for me to step, like have to step away from it. Um, because my first response was a pretty unhealthy sort of savior complex. Like, oh, I am, I am the competent one and I will step in and, and correct everything and make sure the, the ship's heading in the right direction. And it was, um, really instructive and humbling and necessary for me to see that, um, not only was everything fine when I was gone, but that everything was thriving and actually and getting better. And so I got to return and like participate in, in that growth rather than feeling like I was the cause of it. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, back to what you said, Sarah, about preparedness, it is kind of funny. I can think of several places in scripture. One of the most obvious ones is the 12 disciples and Jesus, where on one sense you would say, yeah, it would have been good if at the point Jesus was arrested and executed, that the disciples would have been ready to step into leadership. But at the same time, it's almost like the, the crisis of all that happening, like was a part of that preparation, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think we can all, I think we should all be able to say in our own lives, when we come up to crises or difficult situations, I think it's humbling and wise to say, Hey, if, if maybe I would have been in a little healthier space beforehand, maybe I could have handled this differently or better. But it's also good to slow down and think, but because God loves me, part of him preparing me and refining me is he did bring this because he was growing and stretching and refining, right? Mm-hmm. And so the yeah. 
it's a part of the growth. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a really good thing. We see that all through scripture too. Like think of Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha, um, Saul and David. Like it's just, yeah. Saul like the when they're called, they're not ready. Yeah. In some sense, God's telling Joshua like, Hey, be strong and courageous. You're filling big shoes, but be strong and courageous because mm-hmm. I'm a good God. Yeah. You know? So, so talk about guys, um, what's kind of cool is I'm, I'm processing to have you here is you've both been involved in leadership and collaboration in the worship team as a married couple. What's that like? What's that like doing that together as a team? Like where are there spaces that you would say, this is a blessing and I love this. Where are there spaces where it's like, yeah, this is kind of difficult to do this as a married couple because we know each other, you know, really well and we live together. Well, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to publicly <laughs> confess some sin because, um, so one of the things that, that we've actually been talking about in, t- in anticipation of the podcast, since this is coming out around the new year, um, we, uh, both led the Christmas Eve service and, um, did all the preparation for it and everything. And that was, I think that was the biggest, um, usually if we're playing on a Sunday morning, it's just one of us doing most of the planning and prep and everything. And, um, when it came to the Christmas Eve stuff, um, I was feeling really busy and overwhelmed, um, when we first floated the idea and, um, tried to communicate, Hey, I don't want to do this, but if you want to do this, you got it. Like, this is just making it clear. Like this is all your, your baby. And, um, didn't communicate that, very clearly or helpfully. And so when it came to actually having practices, uh, I'm sure we made everybody miserable um, or I made everybody miserable to be fair. Cause um, I mean, there were a lot of factors involved, but I was just a grump and um, really, uh, really just mistreated Sarah. Um, whenever she would look to me for leadership, instead she got um, anger and passive aggression and, and, um, stuff like that, that she doesn't deserve because look how cute she is. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, I, I apologize to the band and, um, and everything. Cause I, I really wasn't, uh, I think I, I walked into that space deciding not to be a leader. And I think that that was a, a mistake. Wow. That's really good. Um, because, uh, and really it was selfish. Um, because even though, even though I had tried to to communicate, hey, this is my capacity, I think I had um, sort of uh, allowed myself to treat that as as almost an excuse. Like if if I'm pushed beyond my capacity, well, it's not my fault anymore. If something goes goes poorly, or if I sin against someone, um, so I apologize about that. I'm sorry for making that really uncomfortable for you and probably everyone else. Thanks. I think it's a space that I definitely don't want to shy away from. Like I want to lean into it and learn how to do do it better mm-hmm. together. And I think that there is um, power and strength in leading as a couple. And we both bring different things to the table. But yeah, I think it just kind of went back to miscommunication and... I think my side of it was I wanted to be used. And so I like almost, I think part of me did hear where you were coming from and did hear where you were at. But I was like, but I want to be a part of this, but I know I can't do it without you. 
Yeah. So I think that's probably why I pushed for it too. And I mean, I felt that right up until the service, just going back and mm-hmm. forth between like, I want people to enjoy the service and to see that like, I'm competent and I did a good job. But then yeah. I'm also like, I want people to worship Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want it to be about him and just kept going back and forth. And I mean, I think that's just the life of a Christian is repenting of that. But I mean, I did a lot of repenting of that. <laughs> yeah. And well, and the spirit did something really cool that night anyway, because um, I think a lot of the band, I mean, several of us were dealing with anxiety or frustration or um, lots, of, lots of different things. And none of our practices went well. Like it was just, <laughs> The whole the whole experience was um, pretty discouraging, and I spent the whole the whole time leading up to it anticipating, um, feeling really relieved when it was all over and we could just go home. Um, but the actual night, um, God showed that He loves our church more than we do because um, the when we actually did the music and and perform the service and everything like that was that was our best playthrough by far um everything else had been a train wreck um i think it's really cool listening to you guys talking jared to hear you saying that you apologize to the band that is huge like that's that's leadership like that's just good leadership that's what it's the i mean if you have the skill to play guitar which you do and if leadership just looks like getting up and playing guitar well anybody wants to do that i mean you can have really cruddy motives and get up and do that but to step into a space and say hey i kind of blew it at this point and probably made it uncomfortable i'm just sorry about that that's good leadership because nobody wants to do that like that's that's spirit driven leadership that would do what john the baptist says that i would decrease so he can increase right that's moving ourselves out of the way and like that's what we do to lead people to the spirit and to grow the church in a healthy way so that really encourages me i'm sure it encourages the body just to hear you guys talking about the, because it's funny in marriage. I mean, Ashley and I experience this all the time. You're married to someone. And so, you know, in, in that healthy space of marriage, you're going to share deeper levels of intimacy and honesty, but also like the varnish of niceness and kindness that you can just sometimes easily wear with people that you're just kind of interacting with in marriage. It's just really easy for that varnish to not be there. Yep. You know, and so I don't you know just what sort you're of. Talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always kind to my husband. Well, that's no, one of the things true. that's so embarrassing when when someone sees me being upset or a uh, little spicy with Sarah, and and they're like, "What? But she's so sweet and nice all the time. Like, I don't understand." That is not true, <laughs> church family. <laughs> There's another side to me. (laughs) So, um, guys, we got like five minutes left. And so, yeah, that's good. You slipped that in there. (laughs) We had like five minutes, so we hit 20. And so I think like a good dovetail to jump into is, so Jared, recently you sent me a blog post that I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to share. Well, I'm sorry. You sent me some writing that I'm going to share as a blog post on the, on the church's blog. And so if you're listening to this podcast, keep your eyes out because it is really well-written and I'm excited to share it with you. But Jared, you were responding to a question that someone had posed to you mm-hmm. about dealing with specifically anxiety. Yeah. But you've been very open with a lot of people in the church over the recent past couple, three years yeah. of you dealing with PTSD, depression, uh, anxiety, and and just in general mental illness. Yeah. Right? 
Um, and so what I thought was good is you guys have already been talking about just your marital dynamics and leadership for the band. I thought it'd be such a win and such an opportunity to encourage the church and just to let them into a conversation that we've got, um, an opportunity to share, not just from your standpoint, Jared, of what it looks like to walk with mental illness and depression and anxiety, but then Sarah, from your angle to be married to someone who's walking through that. Right. Um, and so I guess, I guess how I'll tee this up and kind of set the table for you. And then we'll just give like the next four minutes for you guys to talk about this. Right. And then, and then shut down the podcast. Um, would just be like, imagine that you're talking, you're imagining in your head, the audience of someone who's just on the front end of dealing with this. Someone who's just kind of recognizing I've got this penchant to be down and low and depressed or to be overly anxious. And I have this spouse who is just trying to understand and grapple with why is this so hard? Yeah. Right. And so just enter into that space and talk about that just to encourage and to instruct and, you know, just kind of take it away. What, whatever way you want to take, I think the church would really benefit from that. Well, I think the first thing I would say is, um, and I, and this applies far more widely than just mental illness. Um, and I think it's important that it does, uh, is that life might just be getting more difficult for you. Um, and that's okay. Um, that's something that it took me a really long time to come, come to that place and accept like, Oh, like life might not just be as easy as it was. I might not feel as energized or motivated or, um, like, like all the activities that, um, I normally undertake or ways that I serve are just, um, my default anymore. Um, and I think the, the temptation there, at least it was for me is when things get more difficult to sort of take a break from life and wait for it to get easy before you start trying again. Hmm. Um, and, and so if someone's entering into that space, uh, particularly with mental illness, uh, it was this way for me. It felt like it was exempt from a lot of things. Um, it wasn't some external struggle. It wasn't some, um, persecution or, um, circumstance or something that, you know, people that it was clearly visible to everyone. Like I hadn't suddenly broken my femur and everyone could feel sorry for me and cut me some slack and, and say, you know, like, no, let, let me take care of that. Um, and feeling that, that sort of, uh, journey of learning to trust my own perception of reality less and less, because as soon as you have mental illness, that's essentially your perception of reality is under attack. Um, and it's, uh, the biggest, the biggest progress I think that I, have made recently is coming to terms with the the fact that that's actually central to Christianity is submitting our perception and interpretation of the world around us to God's authority. That's really uh, good. And that speaks mm -hmm. so directly to depression and anxiety uh, because those are um, they're I mean, essentially they're perception disorders. Um, and even just the term disorder, I think is actually helpful um, because we, whether it's biologically or psychologically motivated, the, the root issue is that you have something out of order, um, in the way that you're seeing the world around you. Um, and ultimately that affirms that there is a right order and a reality, um, 
and a truth that what God says about how I ought to feel about wrecking my truck and almost dying or um, my dad having cancer or, um, you know, going to a job every day that I loathe, you know, like what God has to say about that is more important than my heart's um, emotional, you know, gut level reaction to it. That's really good. Jared, thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, for sure. Really helpful. Let's, um, Sarah, we'll give you last word and let you just speak and talk about kind of your angle on that just to encourage. And uh, we'll, we'll let you kind of finish this out today. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, <laughs> my. Um, I think something that might be helpful is um, thinking about, like, I guess falling back on the idea that marriage is a covenant and not a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, has been really helpful for me and is something that I'm still working through. But, um, we had such a healthy marriage for such a long time that I just was served and loved so well for so long. And not that you don't love me well anymore, but, um, I think it's easy for me to want things to be fair and want things to be like, well, we're both working now. So we both help at home or just, um, yeah, just to feel fair and to feel like I, I deserve for you to treat me right all the time, or I deserve for you to um, be perfectly selfless all the time. But in a covenant, you serve because you're honoring God and because he's a part of it. And um, it's an act of obedience and worship as opposed to in a um, contract. contract. (laughs) Thank you. Um, It is just about like what serves ourselves and what makes sense or what is fair and Mm -hmm. um so i think just that's a good space or that's a space that i've been in is um trying to lean into like life isn't going to be fair and that's okay and um just operating out of that space and trying to trying to be aware of like roots of bitterness that can creep in yeah and um to repent of that and to not sin in my response to your weakness or your challenges. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question. Um, to, we're kind of going long here, but this is something really valuable time here. One more question for you, Sarah, because I think this is, this is a hard wisdom type thing to do. So Jared, you've already let us into the reality that one of the temptations of sin in the midst of mental illness is to say, because I'm feeling this level of capacity mm-hmm. and this limitation, it totally defines me. And so if anyone expects more of me than what I feel like I can give, they're expecting too much. Yeah. Right. And so you're recognizing that that's, that's a temptation to sin in the midst of mental illness. And it's, and it's not right to say that. Yeah. Right. However, there does have to be a recognition that there is a real capacity yeah. that there is an invisible illness going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, back to you on your side, what's it been like for you navigating, trying to find a wise ground between feeling moments where as a wife who loves your husband very much that you have to press in and say, you're capable of more, you know, and I know you are. And so I want to help you, but then also not turning that into something that's deeply discouraging and also having moments of saying, I get how hard this is as much as I can get it without actually experiencing it. And, and so I want to be slow and serve you, right? Because just to do one or the other would not be healthy. It would not be healthy just to always say, I get that you're feeling this limited capacity. I'll never, ever push you or challenge you. Yeah. That's not godly. 
It's also not godly though to say, I'm always just going to challenge you and never try to step into your shoes. So Mm -hmm. talk about what it's been like to try to live in that space. Well, (laughs) I don't think I've done it very well. Well, Um, I think something that your wife has actually encouraged me in a few times, even just this past year, is not being the Holy Spirit for people, mm, and especially my husband, because I I think maybe a lot of people, (laughs) I get the sense that a lot of people have a hard time speaking truth. I have a hard time holding back and not speaking truth Mm -hmm. and having, or like, I always love Jared, but maybe not speaking it in love or not Mm -hmm. having a tone of graciousness or patience. Um, So I think just, I mean, and that's something that I I haven't mastered by any means, but just the reminder that I can't change my husband and I can't um, lead him to repentance or lead him to change. It has to be the spirit. And that's freeing, but it's also really hard because I see how he spends his time. I see how he, what he fills his day with. And like, it's easy to want to correct things or want to, I just want more for him and want better for him. And I think sometimes that comes across in an unhelpful way, but, um, I don't know. I hope that I can grow in that. And I think we're also learning to communicate more and more with, um, just being in a a hard season and when things aren't just easy all the time and getting used to we wrong each other and we hurt each other and we keep repenting and keep repenting and and forgive each other and yeah yeah i think that um and trusting each other to the holy spirit is has been a huge lesson in our marriage um for the past few years um because it's such a tough space to to live in where you know, especially, I think it's easy for spouses, um, the focus of our spiritual walk to suddenly become the other's spiritual walk and yeah. feel like, oh, oh, you're holding me back or you're, yeah. you're discouraging me or you're, um, you know, causing this difficulty or whatever. Um, when really God wants us to, to accept like Jesus accepts us to accept the deficiencies that we see um, and to entrust them to the spirit and say, you know, the spirit's in you and he's sanctifying you and he's working on those areas. Those are, that's his job. Maybe just not as quickly as we want them to happen. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, But for the focus to be on, um, on my own sanctification rather than yours, um, I think is, is a really difficult space to, to get to in maturity. That's really good guys. Thank you so much for sharing today. This has been a very helpful and instructive and encouraging podcast. So thank you for taking the time guys to hang out today. Um, enjoy the rest of your staycation Thanks. and guys, I love you. Love you too. Love you too.